Uh, we are continuing uh, with our series about our discipleship. This is our discipleship. We've talked about, number one, basic, simple rule, do no harm. Right? Just There's so much darkness in the world. There's so much division and anger, um, hurt and suffering. Uh, just don't add to it because it's very easy. Very easy to get uh, sucked into an ar argument about the pandemic or about politics or, I mean, the, the list is long and, and you cannot mean to get out of sorts, but boy, you can get dragged into it real quick. And so we have to be very careful that as children of light that we are not adding to the darkness. And the second part of that, if you remember, was when we do, because we're going to, because we're human... We're sinful, we're fallible, um, we're biased, we, we're going to make mistakes, and God knows that. And we are imperfect people, but remember, he has a, given us a way, even in our imperfections, to love one another perfectly. That is, when we do mess up, when we do cause harm, big or small, fix it. Confess, repent, and then forgive. And that washes us clean, because not because of what we did, but because of what Christ has already done. That is the process to receive the forgiveness, grace, and mercy, whether it be in our relationship with God or our relationship with one another. That's how we receive what God has already done for us in Christ. So we come now, today our scripture comes out of Matthew. It comes from a couple different places, but it comes out of Matthew. In this, uh, chapter 5, beginning in verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. So, as I told the kids, our first rule, basic rule, let's not do any harm. But that is not enough as followers of Christ. Just to not hurt somebody, just to not add to the darkness is not enough. And it's logical, and we'll break it down a little bit, but it's not enough just to not contribute to the darkness. We are called to bring light into this world, to bring light into each situation. Remember, I said it a different way a few weeks ago, but every situation we are either bringing light and adding, bringing light into the situation or contributing to the darkness by what we do, how we act, how we treat people. And we are called to bring light into this world. First, we are children of light, right? We, are, we, we talk about that we are born again in Christ. Christ came so that we might have life to forgive us of our sins, to redeem us. And then when we give our life to Christ, going back to the connection, we are created for connections, if you all remember that series. Uh, we are created for connection. And when we are reconnected to God through Christ, we are reconnected to the Holy Spirit, the very spirit of life, the light of God. So 
whether we say it or not, it is not something we do. If we are born again in Christ and we are born of the Spirit, as Jesus tells Nicodemus, then we are connected to the very life, Spirit, and light of God. And it's in us. And it's part of us. So we are children of God, which means we are children of the light. And so by definition, there should be light in our lives and in our hearts. Because if it's not, if we're not seeing the fruits of the Spirit, if we're not seeing transformation, again, we're not going to be perfect. But if there hasn't been some type of transformation, if you're not, there's not some type of light coming after you, out of you, you have to question yourself. You know, have I received Christ? Have I really uh, given myself, died to my will, and received God's will? So we are children of the light. And we cannot claim, remember 1 John, we cannot claim to, we cannot walk in darkness and contribute to the darkness all the time and say we are of God because we are of the light. And so, it's not enough, as I said, not to contribute to the darkness. In, in, in theological terms, we call this sins of commission and sins of omission. So sins of commission is what? Those overt acts, right? You go to Galatians and you see the works of the flesh. It's division, anger, jealousy, coveting, debauchery, all, all the obvious stuff and a lot more. It is acts, things that we do and feel that we can, so sins of commission are contributing to the darkness. Sins of omission are what? We have examples in our scripture. Sins of omission is when we are not contributing to the light. It's just not enough. That's not what Jesus came for. If it was just about not contributing to the darkness and being healed of our darkness, then Jesus would have just been crucified, dead, and buried. There wouldn't be the second part because that would have been sufficient to meet the requirements and justice of the law, and it would just be that. But that's not what happened. He was crucified, dead, and buried, and on the third day he rose again that we might have life, and life in its abundance, and that we might be the light of the world. First or Chapter 1, John says, he is the light of the world. And now that he has ascended, where did the light go? It is in the body of Christ. Or it should be. If we're truly the body of Christ, it should be in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit now dwells in us until Jesus comes back again. The Holy Spirit, the light of Christ, lives in the body of Christ, lives in the church so the question is, are we being the light? Do people see a difference in us? Do we bring light into situations? Do we? Because if you read on down in Galatians, it, go, it passes the works of the flesh, the sins of commission, and it goes on into what light looks like. There's joy. There's peace, there's kindness, patience, love, self-control. These are the things that the children... Now, is anybody perfect in that? 
Does anybody have all the fruits of the Spirit and they command your whole life? Good, at least you're not lying. All right. No, we don't. But we're growing in that. We're growing in the image of Christ. We're growing. When I was of the world and in the world, I was just a hedonistic, selfish guy that was what the world told me. And now I have received Christ and I understand this world is not about me. I am not the center of the universe. I grow more and more selfless each day through my mountaintop experiences, through my valleys, through my struggles. As long as we give them to God, God continues to make us and mold us and die to ourselves more each day. And the more we die to ourselves, the more we grow in the image of Christ. And the more we uh, vanquish the darkness in our hearts, the more the light of Christ begins to shine. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I doing more than just not contributing to the darkness? Because I'm going to tell you, all right, that's not enough. Last night, the youth did a, we, we, they did a spiritual gifts inventory, and uh, people came and talked about gifts, and it was good. You could see the, the light in their eyes when they say, hey, I got a spiritual gift, And I talked about exhortation was one of the ones I talked about, and that's encouraging and saying a challenging word. And so what I'm doing is I'm setting up because I'm going to say something mean to you, Um, right? Sometimes it's encouraging, sometimes it's challenging. And it's not just to you, it's to the church. If we're going to be the light of the world, we have to remember it is not about us. Right? I'm just saying, church, you re- the reason uh, Christianity overall in our society and our culture is going down because we've made it about us. And so when we struggle in our faith or something's going on, I mean, we're Israel. What did Israel do? Every time things were good and every time they were flourishing, they said, look how great we are. Right? And then they begin to not flourish, and they begin to move away from God, and then they begin to put themselves in a position that was not where they were going to be blessed. And what happened then? When it got really bad, they said, oh, God, we're sorry, we missed you. And God's grace throughout the Old Testament said, I'm, you return to me, I return to you. So what I'm saying is this part is very important for us as Christians today. Because we talk about how I need to go to church. I have to go to church. I have to do these things. Or we go to church because, and this is right. Don't don't get me wrong. Maybe we're having a bad week or maybe we're just down. I need to go to church because I need to feel better. And that's right. And that's what we do. But remember what we say in prayers often, God does not bless us for ourselves alone. God blesses us so that we can, for ourselves, but also that we can be a blessing to others. And what has happened is we stop with us. We go into church, we get back in our faith, we get ourselves squared away, and we say, thanks God, see you later. But that's not what we're called to do. We need our feet washed as Christians. We need to be ministered to. Sometimes life is hard. I told Keith I could write a country song this week. I had to go home and uh, 
because my mom's, my mom got remarried a few years ago, and uh, her husband's great, and this is probably the best years of my mom's life, and, and she's, uh, he's got cancer, and he's, he's not doing treatment, and they're going to enter hospice. And so I went home to be with my mom. I mean, it, it's going to be a few weeks, but it was a shock. So I went home to be with her. I'm dealing with that. I take my dog to the vet. He has cancer. So I, a country song's coming out soon. Right, But it's not just about me coming here to find comfort, to find peace, to feel better about my situation. Because it's not just about me. What happens is we come and we find healing for ourselves. We find light for our dark, darkness. And then we go about our way. But see, the problem is, Understand this principle about light. Two different ways. It goes out. Right? It, it goes out. It shines outward. When we begin to let our light shine, it affects those people around us, just like the darkness does. But our light of encouragement, of joy, of patience, of kindness, and all that good stuff, it goes out and it affects those around us. It's a ripple effect. And that's what we're called to do. But if it's just about us, we come in, we get our light, and then, as our scripture says, we put a bushel basket on it because it's just about me. But see, bad stuff happens all the time. You know, think about when was the last time our churches were full? Everybody remember in current events, talking about 9 11. Everybody talks about how the churches were full. Why were they full? Because the darkness of the world became very apparent and came to our shores. It's like, oh, and now Afghanistan and the, and the chaos and the suffering and the hurt that's going on there is heartbreaking to watch. People in terror. And... I mean, I saw myself being moved emotionally, watching that and just feeling for these people. But you know what I thought? This stuff brings it home and we're all going to have a, a, a time of sympathy and it's going to touch our hearts, but it's going to go away in the news cycle. But what happened, but it brought it home. But you know the reality of the world? There are people suffering and hurting and hungry and lonely in terror every single day. And we just wrap ourselves in our lives. And as long as our light's good, we're fine. As I said earlier, so we, we need our feet washed as Christians. But we eventually need to wash other people's feet. We need a, the other aspect of the light. You know, one, it goes out. Two, it goes out. In the sense that we might have a, a wonderful church service and hear beautiful music and worship and, and, and our light is, is, is revived. We might go on a mission trip. We might go on a, a retreat and our light is revived and it is built up. But if we don't keep it up, it's eventually going to go out. 
And it's our job to keep it going. Why do you think I push discipleship so much? Why are we talking about this? Because the things we're talking about are going to help keep you connected, keep your light shining. Because it's our responsibility. Because there's darkness every day. But we live in such a affluent culture. We live in, in such, we're blessed. But just like Israel, we got to be careful because that blessing can law us to sleep, can put our light out by complacency. And we can just be wrapped with our own little blinders on, going through the world and going, isn't this a beautiful place? It is where there's light. We have to be careful that we don't let discipleship so important because we have to keep our light lit. And we can't do it by ourselves. We do it by being in the body of Christ. We do it by talking to God through scripture and prayer. We do it by all these different ways. But we gotta keep connected, not for, for ourselves so that we keep our light lit, but our light has to be lit so that we can share it with the world. Not under a basket, not in isolation, in our own little lives, but take the basket off when you leave here and say, I have to share the light of Christ with a desperately hurting world. I mean, just, you wanna put an experiment to this? Go watch a news cycle for 24 hours. Tell me how you feel. All right? Go get in a political conversation or a pandemic conversation. Go, go and see how it goes. Jesus calls us to be the light of the world. Light in dark situations, especially when things are dark. Gosh, and, it's, and, and the beautiful thing about it, the darker it is, the more it contrasts. Now, I could, I could go on forever. Oh, I got to go. Um, I, I, let me jump to this. I saw something this week. Um, you know, like I said, I, I've been kind of captured by this Afghanistan thing. And just to imagine that. And don't think things can't happen here. Every empire has fallen. But just to sit there and try to put myself in there with family and kids. I was with my grandkids this week and think if I was being left in a country that was going to be in tyranny and violence and darkness, oh, it just made my heart heavy all week long. The darkness that surrounded this event. And whatever political outside you're on, it's still darkness because there's human suffering and fear and terror, violence. And in the midst of that, I was watching this news show. And it showed outside the gates of the airport. It showed what was a military member, Kareem uh, uh, Nakui, I think it was. Kareem Nakui. And he was passing out candy to little kids. And in the one video, he has given her some candy, and, and you can see the chaos behind him. And he's going, friend, friend, we're friends. We're friends. And in the midst of this screaming chaos, in, in the darkness, this little girl 
smiled. Smiled. I mean, the contrast of what was going on behind her and the relationship that this young Marine had with this little girl in the midst of what I consider one of the darkest places or times right now in our world, there was light. And I saw his dad talking about it the next day. And he was talking about Jesus and thanking Jesus. And the reason he was talking about it next day is because Kareem was one of the 13 that got killed. In the midst of his death, in the darkness and the danger that he felt, he brought light to the situation. Only God knows the impact that had. We are called to be a light in the darkness. And the darker it is, the more important it is that we bring light and don't contribute to the darkness. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you that you have brought light into my darkness. And Lord, I know you did not do that for me alone, but you did that that I might be a light for others that I can take the good parts of my life, that I can take the bad parts of my life, my victories, my failures, I can take all things and use them to be a light to others, to bring light into the darkness. Lord, as we come to your table, we are reminded that Jesus is the light of the world and he has come into the darkness. And Lord, no matter how dark this world can be and seem sometimes, we are reminded of the gospel of John that says, The light has come into the world, and the darkness could not overcome it. So, Lord, as we come to your table, remind us of your goodness. And out of the darkness, and out of the crucifixion, crucifixion, out of death, Lord, you brought light. You brought life. You brought resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. On the night in which he was to give himself up for us, Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of this cup and eat of this loaf, Jesus said, do it in remembrance of what I have done for you, that out of the darkness, I have brought you into light and life. Let us pray. If you do not have a communion set, please raise your hand and they'll bring bring it to you. And as we pray, if you have not partaken already, please partake. Dear Lord, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy. I pray that your Holy Spirit would make these be for us, the body and the blood of Christ, that we might be the world, be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by your blood, that we might be for the world, the light of Christ that brought light into the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. Help us to be messengers of that good news, to be bearers of the light for all those that live in darkness. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen.